So for uh, Uncle Brian and Auntie Norms, and for Evan and Candice, it's the last Sunday fun day. I like that, Sunday fun day with us today, last Sunday fun day in 2018. And for maybe some of you sitting here today, I know you guys, some of your scallums, because it's going to possibly be the last Sunday fun day for some of you, because you're taking your kids out of school early, you're going to the beach. Yeah, yeah, I know you guys. And so uh, I want us to end possibly your last Sunday fun day in 2018 at Freedom Church. I want us to end by reading God's word together. I see my mates. I'm not looking at him. He's sitting somewhere over there. Last week he didn't bring his Bible and I chirped quite a bad chirp. I felt bad about it afterwards. I said, if you don't have your Bible, sit next to somebody who, who does. And so I'm glad he's back. I'm glad that Oak's back there today. But um, I feel sorry for you. I felt sorry for you. So we've got it on the, on the screen just now. It'll be up on the board. But the, the title of this morning's message is Breakfast with Jesus. Breakfast with Jesus. Proper slide there, eh? Going to the beach. Breakfast with Jesus. And there's a story in the Bible where Jesus has died on the cross. He's been raised from the dead. And now this is the third time that he appears to his disciples in in his life here on earth. And, and so we're going to share just a couple of things about what we've been trying to do as a family here at Freedom Church this past year. I want us to stand this morning as we read this story together. So, so can we do that together? I know some of you can't because of weakness, maybe because of health, maybe because of injuries, and, uh, and, th- and that's okay. But I want to ask you this. Every time you read the Bible this week, friends, will you stand? Every time you listen to the Bible on your smartphone this week, will you stand? Unless you're driving, of course. That's not going to really be possible. But every time you read the Bible this week, give the Bible its rightful place in your life. Because, friends, if we read the Bible properly, it'll get people who are broken and bent over to stand up straight. If we read the Bible correctly, it'll get people who are lazy to start doing something. And if we read the Bible correctly, it'll get people who are crippled over by guilt and fear to start standing up straight. And we're standing up this morning as a sign of of what God's Word can do in our lives. So we're going to read John 21. It's on the board. We're going to read it out loud. I don't know how we're going to do it. We're going to give it a go. Nice to have you, Andrew, standing next to your dad. But Branson Bible Church, proper guy. Nice to have you here. And uh, Nikita's grandparents from PE. Forgot to mention you. We honor you for being here today. So here we go. John 21. It's on the board. You ready with me? Let's read. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together, full stop. <laughs> Is that how your English teachers teach you to, to read English? Eh? There's a full stop there. there there's, a, there's a full stop. They were together, full stop. Let's carry on reading. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you, full stop. So stop here for a while. One of the greatest things that we've been trying to do as a family at Freedom Church is to get people to go with us on the straight road following Jesus. They're saying, yeah, we'll go with you. Carry on reading. You guys are doing great. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He, full stop, proper... 
He called out to them, friends, comma. Okay, stop here. What would you call people who have abandoned you at the crisis of your life? What would you call people who have denied you, people that have left you, and the first encounter that you have with them after they have abandoned you, after they have denied you, after they have left you, what would you call them, bud? Because I can think of some great Benoni Afrikaans, Lebanese words that, that I would call people the first time I see them after they've abandoned me. And what does Jesus say? Friends. Friends. In Christ. Friends. That's the type of community we want to build at Freedom Church. In Christ. Friends. Carry on reading. Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Stay with me here. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off. This is crazy, eh, friends. When I jump into the swimming pool, I take my shirt off. When Simon Peter jumps into the water, he puts his shirt on. It's crazy, eh? When people are around with, and, well, are with Jesus, they do crazy things. Carry on reading. Where did I go here? There, they jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred meters. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals with fish on it and some bread. Have you ever met somebody coincidentally? Have you ever met somebody, God coincidentally, and you speak to them, you listen to them, be it at the shops in the queue, be outside the office, and you listen, and then you speak to them, and maybe you pray with them, and, you, and, and they're in a dark, cold place in their lives. Have you ever met somebody coincidentally? And you walk away from that person. You walk away thinking, wow, God, I think you set that up. I, I think you, you, you made me meet this person coincidentally because of what they're going through in their life. And, and you realize God used you in that God coincidence. You ever been like that? Friends, Jesus makes fires at God coincidence places for people who are cold and he wants to make warm. Carry on reading. We're almost done here. Help me. Where are we? Keep reading. I'm not getting you. Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is big, go to verse 15. Stay with me, guys. We're reading God's word. Jesus reinstates Peter. That's the subtitle in your Bible. Carry on. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of Peter, do you love me? Sorry. Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you that when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciples whom Jesus loved was following them, nearly done. This was one, the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Just stop there for a second. Isn't that the biggest question that we all ask ourselves? Lord, what about him? What about his money? What about his cars? What about his house? Lord, what about her? Why does the boss treat her differently and give her promotions and show her favor? What about her? What about his life? What about his kids? It's the biggest question we all ask. What about? What about him? What about her? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Thank you. You may be seated. And Lord, I pray today that as my friends, my mates, sit here under your word, God, that your power, that your anointing would speak through me. It wouldn't be me speaking today that that you would make this story come alive to every single one of us. In maybe the last Sunday fun day that we had together as a family at Freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Breakfast with Jesus, that's the title of this message. And there's four very simple things that I want us to take home today around breakfast with Jesus. This story starts like this, you can go and check it. Nathaniel, Thomas, the sons of Zebedee, Peter, and John. Full stop. They were together, full, stop. And so whenever the Bible puts something together, you've got to go and check it out. You've got to go and ask, why did the Bible put that together? So let's have a look at these guys quickly. But bit of a quick Bible study in John 1. Nathaniel, you guys know about him. He's sitting under a fig tree in the middle of nowhere. Jesus is nowhere to be seen. He's nowhere in sight. And eventually Nathaniel meets up with Jesus a couple of hours later. And Jesus says to Nathaniel, I checked you there, bud. I saw you sitting under that fig tree. And Nathaniel says, that's impossible. How did you know this? You must be the Lord of Lords. You must be. And Jesus says, you believe because of such a simple thing that I told you? Nathaniel believed easily. Thomas, Thomas was a doubter. He doubted absolutely everything. And Jesus puts these two guys together in the same boat. I think I believe easily. And maybe some of you doubt, but God has a plan. He has put us together in this church, at Freedom Church together. And he is going to be glorified with our our differences and not with what we've got in common. I want to say that again. God wants to be glorified with our differences and not with what we've got in common. That's Nathaniel. That's Thomas. Let's talk about the sons of Zebedee. These guys are loud. 
They're extroverts, but actually they're mommy's boys. Because if you go and read a story in Matthew chapter 20, mommy gets involved with her two sons, James and John. She goes to Jesus, Jesus, please can James sit on your right? And please can my other son sit on your left? You know those mommy's boys? The, the, the helicopter moms, we spoke about them last week. You were riding 94. You didn't hear this one. This chirp about the helicopter moms, they hover. They, they try and get involved. Can my special munchkin play in that position in the team? Because my special munchkin's better than, than Jimmy. The helicopter moms, mommy's boys. And so God takes a man who believes very easily. He takes a man who doubts. And he takes people whose mommies are trying to open doors for them. And then he takes Peter and he takes John. John was a seer. John went onto the island. He could see the future of the church. Peter, this oak is a doer. Every time there's action in the Bible, he's jumping out the boat. And you and I know that the seers and the doers don't really get on that well together. And God takes this group of completely different people and he puts them in the boat together. Friends, what we're trying to do at Freedom Church this year is build a community of different people. And we have to understand that the kingdom of God's got to rule in my life, not my differences. Some of these guys ride bikes, others of us fish. We come together with our differences. Loud extroverts tearing up Benoni on Great North Road right now. Quiet people who are angry about them doing it right now. And he puts us together with our differences. And our culture is so unbelievably strong. We've got to put our culture aside, friends. I was teased this week again about my brying skills. Let me tell you, my goodness, because I'm a useless briar. And so some of my Afrikaans friends sitting here today, they'll take twigs and they'll start the fire like that. They won't use newspaper or fire lighters because it will affect the smell of the meat. And they'll bra that way. They'll bring in from the Kruger in the deep south some wood that's been dried for years. That's how they'll bra. And my English mates, newspaper firelighters, Smokey Robinson, quick, let's make a fire. If you go to my brother's house, there'll be a gas bra. And if you come to my house, Hillary from PE, you'll find my wife in the kitchen with a George Foreman griller. That's my bra. That's our, our bra, friends. But you understand your culture, the way you bra, how you think, how you do life is going to be offended. God puts us together at Freedom Church with our differences. And he says, I want the kingdom of God to rule in your lives, which means the way you were brought up will be offended. In Afrikaans, we've got this phrase. You've got this phrase. Swirt. I don't quite know what it means. I just heard it the other day. I think maybe this is what it means. So, so you come to ch church and you have a cappuccino and, and you've got Afrikaans speaking to Afrikaans. You've got English speaking to English, young to re young, rich to rich, cyclists to cyclists, bike, motorbikes with motorbikes. Friends, that's not the culture that God wants to start and develop here in his church. This community God is building is where different people, Nathaniel, the one who believes easily, Thomas, the doubter, the sons of Zebedee, mommy's boys, Peter, the doer, John, the seer, they come together. They find one place where we can be together, full stop. Where we can go together, full stop. When we go to Swaziland on that outreach, we go together. When Kim, the champion, says, let's get boxes together for those who don't have Christmas presents, we go together. 
When, the, when, when some of us go to the inner city and pray and minister to people on the streets on a Monday night, we go together. I did James's funeral this week. I had the privilege of doing his funeral. James was a guy, part of our family here at Freedom Church. Every time there was a baptism, James used to unwind the pipe and pump the water back into the jojo so the school wouldn't waste water. He's not here with us. He's on the other side. We go to his funeral on Tuesday, and there's a completely huge, different group of people. I said to Michelle, I couldn't believe the vast range of people. We go together, and we support his wife and his, and his two daughters together. We go together. So point number one, what's around the breakfast table in God's church? Different kinds of people. Introverts, extroverts, mommies, boys, seers, doers, and doubters. Allow your upbringing to be offended around the breakfast table of Jesus. The glorious nature of the church, friends, young and old, rich and poor, black and white, educated, uneducated, single and married and divorced, where we get together and we put our differences aside. There was a black pastor who was at Freedom Church last week. One of you invited him. And him and I spoke this week. He's involved in Government Village in that little hall. Every Sunday they've been meeting there for years. And he's privileged, he says, to with us turn Benoni upside down for Jesus. And I said, sir, please can you help us create a church here at Faramir that is multi-language, multicultural, multi-age. That's what we want to do at Freedom Church. That's number one. Different groups of people. Around the breakfast table. Number two, what happened to Peter when he saw Jesus? We read it. We were standing up in the story. When he saw Jesus, what did he do? Remember that crazy thing he did? Put on his shirt and he dives into the water because he saw Jesus. The boat wasn't far off from the shore, maybe a hundred meters. And so he jumps into the water, swims a little bit, gets dumped in the shorey because the shorey in East London and P is crazy, gets dumped and he climbs up, sand in his face. What does he do? Which way does he run? He runs towards Jesus. He ran towards Jesus. We don't have time to read this, but there's another story in Luke 5 of exactly the same thing that happens as this story that we read now in John 21. It says, they fished all night, they caught nothing, and Jesus comes to them, Peter's also there, and he says, hey guys, throw your net on the other side. Now, I don't know too much about fishing. And I've got one or two fishing friends, but I know this, they lie. Fishermen lie, 100%. Chris, he wasn't on stage today, but he plays the drum and guitar and he sings. And he's a fisherman. When he has a crazy week at the office on a Friday afternoon, he'll go and de-stress to a secret dam. Won't tell me where. And he goes and catches some fish. And so Saturday comes a setup. We do set up on a Saturday if you want to get involved with us, it'll be awesome to have you. No pressure. And I said to him, so, but how did yesterday go? How, how many fish did you catch? Yeah, well, you know, but I think I caught about, maybe about 10 or 11, you know. And then the biggest one, Chris, how was your biggest one? Oh, he's sitting somewhere. Yeah, well, it's about, uh, you know, he sort of shows you this. And fishermen lie. <laughs> they do. Okay, Chris is the only guy, that, that, the fisherman, that I know he doesn't lie. The rest of my fishing friends, I know that they do lie. But I know another thing about fishermen. They don't, leave being like, they don't like being told what to do. Don't tell a fisherman what to do. And especially if you're standing on the shore, 
shouting the odds. You don't know the current. You don't know the weather, the wind. Don't tell a fisherman what to do. Jesus is that guy telling them what to do. He's standing on the shore in Luke 5, and he shouts to them and says something like this. Boys, paddle out a bit further and throw your nets on the other side. And and they, they listen to Jesus, and they say, we have fished all night. We have caught nothing. But because you say, we will. Jesus, because you tell us to do that, we will. And so they paddle out a bit further throw their nets on the other side, and they catch so many fish that their nets start to break. And in this first story in Luke 5, Peter on the boat realizes, hang on, this is Jesus. And when he realizes that it's Jesus telling them what to do, that story says he went away. He said, Jesus, get away from me because I'm a sinner. In the story now, friends, that we've read in John chapter 21, what's happened? He runs towards Jesus. When, when he, in that first story, G, Peter knew about Jesus, but he didn't know Jesus. He didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Now, in this second story, when he knows, when he sees that it's Jesus, he runs towards Jesus. Friends, are you running? Are you running towards Jesus this morning? Or are you running away from him? I want to challenge you on this point, friends. And, and often, I see it because Benoni is a religious city. People's worth is based on their behavior or non-behavior. People's worth is based on their performance or non-performance. And I've seen it happen so many times. Where people sin, they make a mistake, they stop coming to church. They stop coming because they think God is going to be cross with them. It's based on not your past, friends. Your worth. Your relationship with Jesus has got nothing to do with your past. It's got to do with what Jesus has done in the past. And that, friends, determines your future. And and we want to build a church where people, like Peter, run to Jesus, even when they've sinned. Amen? Not walk away from God. I want to say maybe some of you are here today. And and you failed like Peter. He didn't fail once. He didn't fail twice. Peter failed three times. Maybe you've failed five times, 55 times. If we preach the gospel correctly with power today, friends, you won't run away from Jesus. You're going to run towards Jesus just like Peter did. Let's recap. Number one, what are we going to do in this church? We're going to build a community of different-minded people. We're going to be in the boat together despite our differences. And number two, we're going to help people run towards Jesus, even when they failed. And not away, not running away from Jesus. When you are in the worst place of your life, friends, Jesus is at his best. When when you are at your worst, Jesus is at his best. That's the first two points. Number three today, a Jesus church always recommissions people. Peter was recommissioned by Jesus that day when he had breakfast on the beach with Jesus. Jesus recommissioned him. Why around a fire? Why did Jesus in the middle of nowhere on that beach build a fire that day? Because you know why, friends? Because Peter failed. Peter denied Jesus at a fire. They asked him three times. He was standing around a fire. And they asked him three times, do you know this man? 
And three times standing around that fire, Peter denied Jesus. He could have ordered breakfast wraps from McDonald's. He decided, no, I'm going to make a fire. I want to restore Peter at that fire. Peter failed at that fire. Peter maybe had flashbacks. He never wanted to be part of a fire again. Jesus said, I'm going to build a fire. I'm going to restore Peter at the fire. Jesus can restore you at the very darkest place in your life, friends. At the very greatest place of failure in your life, he can restore you there. Jesus is into building fires in strange places. And it doesn't matter what that fire looks like in your life. In your life. Last week, before the countdown, I met a couple outside at Freedom Kids. They were signing their kids in. And I got an SMS from them on Monday morning. Just telling me how it's been such a tough, tough year. They haven't been in church for a while. And they shared in this message how they've wandered away from Jesus. But how last week, Sunday, they've come back to having a relationship after wandering off from Jesus. Jesus had an appointment with that couple. Last week, Sunday. And maybe today, Jesus has got an appointment with some of us. Why are you here today, sir? Why are you here this morning, ma'am? You could have been anywhere. You could have been riding your KTM bike on the toy run. You could have been skiing at Bronco Sprite Dam. You could have been riding your bicycle. You could have been shopping at Bedford Center. You could have been anywhere. But God is into commissioning and recommissioning people. And calling them back to his fire. Where he can speak life. And where he can speak hope and encouragement into them. Amen. Amen. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? He asks this question three times. Why three times, friends? Because Peter failed three times. And I don't know how many times you have failed. I don't know if you're sitting here wishing you were 21 again. Thinking I failed 130 times, Daryl. It doesn't matter how many times you have failed. Jesus will never stop asking you, do you love me? He will never stop chasing you. Peter, do you love me? Malcolm, do you love me? This whole year, we've tried to do four things here at Freedom Church. Number one, build a community of different-minded people where Jesus is king, not man. Number two, we've tried to build a church where we want to help people run towards Jesus, even when they failed, when they've sinned, instead of running away from God, thinking that God's cross with them. Number three, we want to be part of a church where Jesus commissions and where Jesus recommissions people. How did Freedom Church start, Daryl? People are asking. I'll share a little bit with you. Some of you know the story. In December 2016, it's probably the lowest point I've ever been at in in my life. Michelle and I were completely depleted. We we were considering quitting the ministry. We we were done. And I remember our psychologist was saying, Daryl, you guys need to trust God for a door to open. And we we never go to the Eastern Transvaal, especially in December. It's way too hot. 
And my boots said, why don't you just go to the Eastern Transvaal for a couple of days? And we left three, four hours later than what we were supposed to. And, and driving there, I remember just being, a, yeah, just thinking, God, well, I don't even know why, we, why we're going away. And we pulled into Millie's. And that day, in a God-ordained, supernatural, miraculous way, because a fish jumped out the water, there was a man standing 10 meters away from me. And I would never have spoken to this man. If that day, that fish hadn't jumped out the water in a miraculous way. And I remember him looking at me saying, he looked at me. And he, and he said, what do you do for a living? And I, I remember just looking down. The, the tears were welling up. And as I tried to say, I, I'm a pastor. And that day, God used a fish. He made a fire. In a supernatural way, where we met a man who God used to bring life and speak life again into us. We would never have imagined we'd be planting a church in Benoni. We, we would never have imagined we're on this, this amazing journey with mates doing church together. And friends, I want to say, Daryl, that's a very nice story. No, there's nothing special about me. I'm exactly the same as my mates sitting here. In this school hall today. If God can do that for me. And make a fire in my life. In a strange place. And cause a fish to jump out the water. He can do it. For you. And I don't know how many times you have failed. I failed many times. I don't know how many times you, you feel that you've been defeated. I felt defeated many times. God is recommissioning us here today friends. And he's calling us back to his fire where he wants to speak life and hope and encouragement into every single one of us. Jesus says in verse 19, he says, follow me, follow me. And Peter replies and he says, but what about him? What about him? Say that with me. What about him? And Jesus replies and he says, what is that to you? I wonder what tone of voice. What is that to you? Maybe, maybe there was a bit of a, a deeper tone of voice that, that, that Jesus... Maybe he's saying, Peter, I'm done with you. Stop that now. You know, in this world, we, we hear a, a lot of things. We, we hear a lot of complaining. We see a lot of comparing. And we do a lot of competing. We complain. We compete. And we compare. Freedom Church, at the end of 2018, can we make a decision... To stop complaining, to stop comparing, and to stop competing. If we're going to build a community, we cannot do these things. These three, we can't complain, we can't compete, and we can't compare. And Jesus is saying to Peter, if you really want to serve me, Peter, don't compare yourself to others. You're going to die early, Peter. John is going to die late. You're going to be rich. You're going to be a sportsman. You're going to be a teacher. You're going to be a psychologist. You're going to be a lawyer. You're going to run your own business. Don't compare. What is that to you? What everybody else is called to do. Just make sure you do what God has called you to do. I saw somebody WhatsApp status this week. Psalm 139 verse 14. I went and checked it again. You know what it says? It says, I praise you God because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made knit together in my mother's womb. Well, you don't have to look at how God has made others. You don't have to compare and think, well, if I was her. 
You don't have to look and see what others are doing, friends. God has called them to do something. Just make sure you do what God has called you to do. And inside of you, God has created a creativity. Inside of you, God has put together a genius, friends. And he wants you to thrive and become the person that he has made you to be. Stop comparing yourself to others. What about him? What about her? Just do what God has called you to do. Amen? And I believe we need to build a church, friends, where we can come together on Sunday, Friday, and we can be real, and we can thrive in our own way that God has made us to be. Not individualistic, because this is community. I want to say that again. Not individualistic, but we can be, have permission to be ourselves and to be who God has made us to be. And to be able to completely express to God how much we love Him in our own unique way that he's designed us. Breakfast with Jesus. Breakfast with Jesus. Breakfast in the church. The meal in the church, friends, I believe produces four things. Number one, community with different-minded people, but they are united in their heart. Number two, a group of people that run towards Jesus and not away from him. Number three, broken people that get recommissioned. By Jesus, when they, when they come close to the fire and he speaks life and hope and he recommissions them, friends, into the plans that he has for them. And number four, finding the creative genius and uniqueness that God has created and put inside of you. you know what the Bible says in Ephesians 1? It says, I am created according to the will and pleasure of God. You were created Sir, Graham, you were created according to the will and pleasure of God. Andrew, but God's put worship inside of you. You were created according to the will and pleasure of God. When God created me, he didn't put fishing inside of me. When my mate Chris, when he goes fishing, it fills a part of his life. When I climb on my bicycle, he created me with cycling. It fills a part of my life because inside of me is a creativity that God has placed there where I find his pleasure. What about him? No, just follow Jesus. Let me do what Mike does. He's good at that. He's a people's person. I want to become like Mike. No, just become who God has made you to be. Oh, Daryl, she's so good at that. I want to become more like her. No, just be what God has made you to be and don't focus on when you were 21 having all the mistakes that you made focus on God's future it's got nothing to do with your past it's what Jesus has done in the past what about him no just follow Jesus what about her no just follow Jesus as you and I in 2018 on the straight road let's follow Jesus in, the, uh, in our own unique way where he commissions us and recommissions us. Where we put aside our, our culture and our background and we put the focus on Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen.